0: It is a Minnesota Twins victory on Sunday, their first of the season. Brandon Warren is here from Access Twins to break this one down. Twins get on the board, Brandon. We talked about this yesterday. Marco Gonzalez, lefty starting for Seattle. Felt like the Twins had a good chance to get to him early, and that's exactly what they did.
1: Yeah, five spot in the first inning. You can't ask for much more than that. And following it up with single runs in each of the next three innings and pouring it on the rest of the way and, All the home runs, man. It felt a little bit like 2019 all over again.
0: Six homers for the Twins today, Brandon. Two from Byron Buxton. Gary Sanchez, grand slam in the first inning. I think one of my biggest takeaways from today, and you can agree or disagree, is that I think Gary Sanchez could be a potential weapon for this team offensively. I think he's gotten a tough go of it in New York. I think he could definitely impact this club in a positive way.
1: Yeah, he's a classic change of scenery candidate, just like Phil Hughes was when he left New York. Some guys just don't hack it hack it well there. And it's it happens in other places too. It's not just New York that chews up and spits guys out. Sometimes guys just need a a change of scenery going from, you know, Minnesota to Boston. I don't know if anybody's ever done that before. But um yeah, sometimes guys just go different places and become different players. And who knows? That could be the case here. I don't know if he'll catch as much as he'll DH, but didn't look too bad back there today.
0: Carlos Correa homers, Jorge Polanco homers, great to see from the left side. Just a vintage polo homer. We saw it so much last year, and then he ripped one into right field. And the Twins offense was just awesome today. And there was a clown at Nash Walker 9 who was tweeting Twins offense stats <laughs> after two games. Uh, they have thrown those basically out the window. I mean, those games still still matter. They still count. But do you feel any differently today than you did yesterday about this lineup, Brandon?
1: Yeah, I mean – Five hits from your top three guys and four of them leave the yard. That's that's pretty dang good. And nice to see Kepler swinging it well, at least in terms of driving a ball out of the park. Same with Polanco because I feel like Polanco's swings yesterday were especially heinous. Um, missing balls that he, you know, pulling off on things he should be hitting and, and Kepler, you know, just not keeping himself, keeping in within himself. It's kind of a weird baseball cliche. But he looks out of sorts with his swing a little bit. now today. He seems to have found it. Now it's just up to Alex Kirilov to find his way. And then you'll start feeling pretty good about just about every regular in this lineup.
0: There, there's going to be whispers. And we know this always. It happens every year. Miguel Sano's 0 for 10, I believe, to start. And, and there's always going to be that kind of feel of how long is this, this leash for Miguel Sano? And I, I do wonder early on, Brandon, if he does struggle again in the first half and, I'm not saying these we should pull from these games, but if it goes the way it has in, in recent years, is there any chance you you see like, you know, they pick up Justin Upton and he starts a lot of games against lefties and Kirloffs at first and they start to phase him out, or is it way too early for that?
1: I mean, it's definitely possible. You know, you're looking at a guy who's gotta put up or shut up this year with the big option he's got next year because it's like David Ortiz money. So if he's gonna be a DH only or a first baseman who doesn't play particularly great defense. He's got to have a huge year to justify that. And so seating time to Alex Kirilov at first base with either, like you said, Justin Upton or even bringing up Larnick to play left field. Again, it, it doesn't look good for Sano in that case. He is a guy, though, that when it clicks can go, you know, five for ten with three extra base hits and things look so much better then. But this is the kind of guy in Marco Gonzalez that you would have expected him to Square a couple up, even if they were loud outs. And I just felt like he wasn't quite there today.
0: Barn Buxton was. Barn Buxton, two homers, let off the game with a homer. Two very similar looking swings uh, off Marco Gonzalez. And he, he gets it in into the left field corner on screamers. Barn Buxton, Brandon, I, there's just, there's so much to say, but there's so much not to say. Like, we just, it's incredible what he's able to do on a day to day basis.
1: Yeah, he's a paradox because you could say all these words and you still. Couldn't fit enough superlatives into what he means to this team when healthy and on the field, and you can you can simplify it as much as like they there are a six hundred winning percentage team with him on the field and a four fifty without. Or I don't know the exact numbers, but it's very obvious the difference that he makes is vastly different than if someone like say Jorge Polanco sits out. It's it's night and day difference. the The complexion of this team. And and even more so now with his offensive form. Before it was, you know, the drop off from Buxton to Jake Cave or Max Kepler or whoever in center field was noticeable. Now it's he's so good defensively out there and offensively that um, you know, that's why I said this is a possible MVP candidate, and so far so good.
0: It it feels to me more than ever, there's this safety feeling with him. We're not looking at free agency. I don't think. You know, it's it's totally out of the minds of of everybody now, and he's locked up into his you know mid to late thirties, and you feel like you can just focus on this being his team. And I'm I'm glad Korea said that last week, and I know it's it's gotten a lot of attention. Color is saying this is Byron's team, but more than ever, Brandon, it feels like Buxton's team.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if leading off helps with that identity too, because everything starts and ends with him. Then I. Right? I mean, I didn't really think he'd hit leadoff, but at the same time, too, I mean, if Louis Arise isn't playing every day, he's a perfectly good number three hitter. So why not start him off? At the end of the day, and I did some math on this a while back, every lineup spot down that you bat over the course of a full season costs you something like 12 plate appearances. So from first to ninth, he's picking up 100 plate appearances over the course of a season. We've all said, we want more Byron Buxton. Well, the easiest way to get more Byron Buxton is they have him bat leadoff. He's yeah. always going to lead you in plate appearances. That's perfect.
0: Absolutely. And there's there's going to be lineup outcry every day, it feels like. A yeah. little bit again today, Luis Arise sitting for the second time in three days against a lefty. And, you know, Andrew Heaney's going to pitch. It looks like Tuesday, if they play, there's going to be rain. There's rain in the forecast. And then Wednesday's Clayton Kershaw. So, lefty's mm-hmm. coming up. This is going to be something that I think is discussed a lot of the year, Brandon. I do want to talk a little bit about Upton later on, but right now you have Jeffers Sanchez starting most games at DH and catcher against the lefty. Do you think Luis Therese needs to be in the lineup more, or do you think he will be in the lineup more, even when there is a lefty on the mound?
1: Yeah, he needs to play more third base. I think I want to see him get more comfortable over there, and I think it's not that unreasonable to suggest that Gio Urshela, in some form or fashion, is a pretty temporary fit over there, whether it's giving – time up to Royce Lewis in the future, Austin Martin, uh, Jose Miranda, any number of players that allowed the twins to at in the first place feel comfortable moving on from Josh Donaldson before even considering all these kids supplanting Urshela who's a good defender so far so good offensively but yeah he's a he's a temporary fix over there this isn't like they're bringing along somebody who's going to be a fixture for half decades so I think that's where Arise is going to get the bulk of his playing time is mixing and matching at third base and DH. But with all the lefties too, yeah, I think he's probably going to be sitting on the pine a little bit more. You know, last year we all wondered where he'd get his plate appearances. And then Josh Donaldson pulls up on that double to start the season and Arise is in there by the bottom of the first inning or top of the second inning rather. And so, you know, we didn't know what how much he would play last year. He got 480 plate appearances. So he'll find his way in there, but right now it might look a little bit dicey.
0: A lot of the offseason, I was just saying the front office needed to give the Twins offense a chance. Just give them a chance every day to score runs, to win games. Bailey Ober today looked like he might unravel. And I don't think the the fastball command was there for him. It looked a lot like Joe Ryan's start. I agreed with Dick and Justin on that point. It looked like Joe Ryan's start where he just didn't have the top part of the zone. It was either two middle-middle or it was you know inches above the zone and, and they weren't chasing. What would you think of Ober's start, Brandon?
1: Yeah, not, not bad, but there were stretches where it looked like it could get away from him, and the pitch count kind of was jumping there, and you didn't know, based on how they handled him last year, if they'd even let him get to 79. He got to 79, but that's pretty close to what he was doing last year, and then you figure the abbreviated spring training, and we don't know how much they're going to ramp him up, how quickly. He went through five, got that 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 W. That's, that's what he's out there for, but at the same time, too, I, I thought – it left me wanting more, but it also left me feeling encouraged that he had that there as he kind of navigated some choppy waters at times. And I mean, three-run home run to Mitch Hanniger too, is is certainly not uh, an unforgivable offense. Mitch Hanegar is pretty dang good.
0: Yeah, if they can win starts where Ober and Ryan are not sharp, that that's going to go a long way against teams that are expecting to contend this year. Mm-hmm. Justin Upton, officially a free agent, Brandon. A lot of chatter. Not just chatter. There's links that the Twins are interested in and Justin Upton. Do you think there's a clear fit here for Upton?
1: Yeah, and I don't think that Dan Hayes would say that without at least some kind of inkling that they'd at least be interested. Darren Wolfson of KSTP also tweeted that they've touched base. I mean, maybe it doesn't happen. Don't, I don't want to say this is a 75% likelihood, but if you look at his last two years, he could handle left-handed pitching. I don't really see Gilberto Celestino as a guy who's going to hang on this roster for very long. I mean, Kyle Garlick's hitting at St. Paul too. I think he smoked a homer today. And so I just don't see Celestino being that long for the team. And especially too, if he's not out there defensively late in games, when you have Nick Gordon and left, then he really does feel like a placeholder, especially with a short bench with 16 pitchers. So to me, Upton makes a lot of sense. And then you kind of do the thing where if Upton is just totally washed, like Brett Boone was when he came over in 2005, you just DFA him and give Kyle Garlick his spot. So, I think we're looking at, if not Upton, Kyle Garlick, and if Upton and then Upton stinks, Kyle Garlick is kind of the plan here.
0: Alex Kirloff's been playing against lefties for now. That could change, as Brandon says. Let's preview tomorrow's game. It's the finale in this series. Twins looking for a split. I think considering how the first two games went, that would be a, a favorable outcome. If you get out of this week and you are 3-3 three and three after the two-game Dodgers series, Feel pretty good if you're the Twins, I think, uh, considering how they swung the bats in the first two games. But Chris Flexen on the hill for Seattle, Dylan Bundy for the Twins. What should Twins fans be looking for in this one, Brandon? Yeah, I'm eager to see
1: what Dylan Bundy has because, you know, when the Twins were looking at pitching and supplementing in, I want to say, 2020, he had a really nice year with the Angels, but he had another year of control, so the Angels didn't want to just give him up for, you know, not that much, and he ends up having a, a pretty rough year last year, and there's a reason why he was available for the Twins for just a few million bucks. I'm hopeful that his slider looks good. We'll see how the velo looks. He's not a huge velo guy like he used to be coming up as a prospect. But we've seen a lot of good things so far from pitchers the Twins brought in in the offseason. We saw Emilio Pagan today. We've seen um, Sonny Gray even yesterday was pretty good. Who's to say that Wes Johnson doesn't work his magic with Chris Archer and with into, um, you know something with Dylan Bundy that indicates that he's not the same guy he was last year if he struggles it's not going to mean that he's not but we always look for those little indications and I'm hopeful it's either in swinging strikes on the slider or a couple kicks in velocity but you know we'll see Chris Flexen was sneaky good last year too so they're not going to roll over I mean I, th- I don't didn't think Marco Gonzalez would give up six in two innings either but you know, stranger things have happened. The Twins could come out swinging the sticks and take another big lead. I'm hopeful, though, that Dylan Bundy looks good.
0: Again, Twins looking for a split tomorrow. They've done a pretty good job. You mentioned Hanager's beating them badly, but Jesse mm-hmm. Winker held down in this series, knock on wood. Ty Francis had some, some bigger hits, but overall I think they've done a decent job on the pitching side. Brandon, how would you grade out this series so far in the first three games on that front? Because all eyes are on this staff right now. Right, everybody's watching. Are they, are they going to be able to pitch well? What do you think?
1: I mean, four runs is the most they've given up, so I think you have to give them a pretty good grade, a BB plus, because the blowups have been, you know, very concentrated to Tyler Duffy in the the end of the game yesterday, and um, you know the home run to to Hanniger today. Other than that, it's been more just kind of inconsistent than anything. You haven't seen a pitcher really take the bull by the horns and look like. They were dominating, which uh, which happened to the Twins yesterday. When would you say 16 straight set down yep. by Logan Gilbert, and uh, you need to see the Twins do something like that to get above a B, like a B B minus. But the bullpen has really looked good outside of that Duffy outing. I think the pitching has been better than we we should have expected, and hopefully continues. But for now, it, you have to feel cautiously optimistic.
0: It doesn't feel like there's a really a hierarchy. We talked about this the other day in that bullpen, but it feels like tomorrow they'll have most of their guys available for the finale. Join Brandon and I then. Can't wait. We'll be here with a postcast to recap this series, hopefully recap a Twins win. Subscribe at Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Brandon, enjoy your Sunday night, my friend, and we will talk tomorrow.
1: Do the same. It's pizza night. Let's go.
0: Oh, say hi to Harper. I'm sure she's fired up.
1: She is. She really is.
0: Thanks, Brandon.